Welcome, everybody, to seminar episode 102's commentary, the episode called Initial Connection. Attending, we've got uh, V.C. Morrison, writer of The Rappers. Hello. And we've got uh, Tilly and Susan Bridges, writers of our first short, The Natural. Hello. Hi. And Lisa Michaud, writer of our second short, Rolls. Hey, everyone. All right. And here we are after a very eventful lead up to the excitement, because uh, I'm an idiot and don't know how to plug in my equipment, uh, ready to talk about all of the joyful fun that we had working on this episode. So, um, VC, as writer of the rappers, uh, is there anything you want to drop on us about this first section coming up after the intro? Uh, well, let's see. The first thing is, um, is the introduction of Katilarin. Uh, well, we heard one line from Cotillard in the last episode, end of last episode, uh, which starts this episode, and she is a new alien of a species we have never heard before, um, and she is here to rescue our two heroes. All right, yeah. When when she first spoke, when uh, Bailey Wolf, who's playing Cotillard, when she first dropped her line and I heard it, I was like, oh, yes, yes, there it is. Yes. It's just like so overpowering and so like hello little people condescending and what have you i loved it it's it's perfect it's just it's just it's just it's just how 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 Oh man, some of the things that have come out from this episode, I'm I'm really excited to bring out in further episodes. Like some of the characteristics that the actors with their deliveries drew out. Like um, there's one moment coming up where, um, so so new is like, oh, I'm half human, half Zarak, and then Bailey Wolf, who, you know, in her defense, she had not. I didn't give a pronunciation guide for Zarak. Yeah. And the actors in the previous episodes have kind of gone their own way with that. I really need to tighten that one up. But uh, she says, Zarak, like she's pr- correcting news pronunciation. And I was like, yes, that is so good. Because <laughs> it's no, there's no way either party could have known that was coming. But like just the delivery of it was so confident. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Really sets an interesting tone. And you know, the, uh, uh, being half human... Sorry, it's something um, I'm trying to explore a little. Um, was they want to show news personality, like you know, uh, uh, shifting a bit uh, now and then, you know, suddenly being one one way and then the other kind of thing. So I am working on that. Yeah, and it's great because um, one thing I've noticed is that in your writing and in the delivery of lines from New, there's like these moments where their character will go like very morose to very angry, to like flipping back and forth. And Thomas kind of explains a little bit about that um, in this episode. But yeah, it's like the warring personalities trying to mesh, trying to figure out how to to live in this one combined body now. Yeah. Both like the biology and the psychology. It's kind of an interesting mix. Mm. Oh, the archive though. And these first three episodes are all set up well for four, four episodes are all set up i feel like i haven't even gotten to the actual meats of the series yet but i'm having so much fun setting everything up 
Yeah, I know. It's it's a really exciting time because it was the perfect time to switch over to a new writer because one arc ended mm -hmm. and now we're into this new, well, what next? Yeah. Yeah, since I had been since since I had since I had been directing the show, I, I've 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 been sighted into how you know everything everything uh, felt uh, before, and some ideas on how I would like to see the story going. So yeah, it was you know it was sort of it was sort of sort of perfect. Yeah, and it's very exciting to work on. I have to say, like, because for me, I only really got introduced to seminar at episode ninety five when I first assistant directed. Mm -hmm. So. I feel like I'm constantly playing catch-up, mm. but I also don't feel constrained. Like, it's kind of freeing not to know all of the backstory. It is. Because I could... Yeah, because I could just be like, whatever, let's let's move forward. Yeah, because a lot has happened. A lot has happened over the over the, over the years. It's hard to, 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 uh, to, uh, to keep up with everything. And in fact, one of the things um, I thought that was good to do was to have a changing intro in the, in the start, start of the episodes, because in... Things change in the show, and a casual listener has no, has no, has no, no idea what's going on. Anyway, first story. Right. Yeah, that's what happens when a show has been running since like 2006. You know, so it's it's one of our longest running, and so yeah, it gets a little convoluted. Oh my gosh, this started in 2006. Yep, that's the year I came to Korea. Holy moly! <laughs> it's the it's the um for me. I think I jumped in around episode. 90 or something but it's the every other month I, i'm not a casual listener i listen to it as soon as it comes out but i still can't remember what happened two months ago yeah yeah oh and uh speaking of speaking of things moving forward we're now into the first uh short that tilly and susan wrote called mm -hmm. the natural yeah uh anything you guys want to drop on us about this uh the whole thing came about because of the google joke yeah, that was me. We were just talking, you know, in actually bed it was night. me. Yeah. I I made a tweet to someone about they were they were a writer and they were talking about I hate when writers fake use Google like they don't want to use the word Google when they write something. <laughs> I was like, at least if you're gonna dance around it, make it funny, uh -huh. like right. a ghost doing their homework. Google. We're like, well, what? What? That's, Looking for Google. We could turn that into something, and so here we are. Yeah. That was it. It was all was just all. because of that one-line joke. Oh, fascinating. So the challenge then was to make the uh, change in Google funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that erupted into a whole story. That's that's pretty cool. I love when that happens. You know, just one little thing is 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 a is a is a is a, is a catalyst. Right. We went from Google, and then we got Yahoo and Spookipedia, and that's all you need. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, did you know that this was going to be around Halloween? No, we actually we oh, had no. no idea. Isn't that funny? That was not the intent at all. No, we had no it's idea. <laughs> oh, but this is this will release actually around Christmas. Well, oh, right, that's true. right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Because 101 we are is doing the uh, commentary. October. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're in the past. Yeah. <laughs> but you're listening in the future. <laughs> yeah, we're speaking from the past. Time. I wanted to say, uh, Garen, the thing uh, about your mixing and directing on this short is the um, the flies you put around the zombie, <laughs> just that extra touch of reality that made it a little grosser than I had thought it Super would be. Super gross. Yeah, so it was um, kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is Hannah Koch, the uh, the woman who, who gave... Uh, gosh, my screen keeps turning off and all my notes disappear. 
the one who voiced Lynn, um, she gave this this one delivery that's like just super cute. And so like she's got this high pitched kind of like Disney zombie thing going. <laughs> but uh, then I used I used the isotope vocal synth to kind of drop it down a notch because I noticed when I did that, especially when she does her groans and stuff like that, it just gets so gross sounding. <laughs> but then I just I felt like I needed something else to let people know and, and also like the way that the characters don't really reference the flies yep. aside from the stink jokes um, I was like well this is normal for them of course they wouldn't say anything you know that would be rude <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun making these two fit the one part of this that um, held us up for a little bit was when we're like, okay, so if they're in the supernatural and they're scared of the natural, what are they actually scared of? Uh, and so we're like, what, what what's the most mundane thing that exists in our world that would then be what would terrify them? And so that's where you got just, you know, the office guy with spreadsheets. <laughs> oh my gosh, though, but, but thinking about it, like the line where, um, oh, let's see here, uh, Turfy Bar- uh, Barley playing Tom, when, when he says that, uh, I feel like this is the place where souls go to die, something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, of course, the undead would be afraid of this place because they have like an afterlife. But this is their death is working in an office. <laughs> <laughs> like layers. Whoa. It's like purgatory and hell all in one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun playing with those ideas in my head. But uh, yeah, the, the real trick for me, especially for Tom, the ghost character, was finding a setting for his voice that made him sound ethereal, but was still intelligible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Filters can get out of hand really fast. Yeah, yeah. So what I ended up using was a reverse reverb only on his voice. So like I put it directly on his dialogue track Mm. and um, playing with the mix there, I was able to get that like poltergeist feel you know, it's like, mommy, <laughs> I see a light, mommy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that movie left some scars, especially when that yes. giant two-legged dog thing comes out and like starts chasing the family in the house toward the end. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> the first movie? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, for me, it was the guy who was 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 clawing his own face off. That really got me as a kid. Oh, I don't even remember that in Poltergeist. I got to go watch that again with my kids. <laughs> yeah. Never, they're never. Too, it's never too early to to scar them for life. <laughs> Not at all. In, in fact, the sooner the better, because then it can start healing better, and they can get tougher. Build those spiritual calluses. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I am joking. Nobody call yeah. family yeah. services on me, please. <laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah, an interesting thing, like, um, when I was thinking about the switchover from when they left the supernatural to come to the natural, um, something that Tilly and Susan wrote in the script was like, it's it's a hollow place that sounds like empty and nothing. And I was like, hmm. And... What immediately came to mind was how, like, in horror movies, people approach the haunted house, and then there's, like, that doom doom, like, the heavy music. (laughs) But then as they're walking in and they're talking to each other and and Tom is all freaked out and Lynn's like, whatever, it's fine. 
um, I started fading in like a, a little radio. And when I was trying to find the music for the radio, I was thinking about, well, what, what, would, a, what would an office guy, like a hellish office person, <laughs> be playing on their radio? And I was like, of course they would be playing like explainer video soundtracks. <laughs> so <laughs> I found some from the tune peddler. And I was like, okay, that's what he's listening to. It's just like this nothing guitar riff thing. Like, dun, dun, wow. dun, dun, tick, tick, dun, dun, you know? <laughs> oh, that, that was funny to me. No, but this whole, like, putting stuff in the tree. Tilly and Susan, how did you come up with this ritual? (laughs) Again, it was just, what are the most mundane things that would exist? A house plant, paper clips, maybe some mail. It's all super mundane, like, stuff you don't care about, you know, but that they wouldn't have because they don't need paper. They don't have, you know. They don't have any of those things. Right. So they seem exotic and interesting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Natural paraphernalia. Right. That they're equivalent of the Eye of Newt. Ah! Exactly. The bat wings. And- That's what they keep in their desk drawers. Eye of Newt and bat wings. Because, like, when I, when I was reading this script, it is, and, like, things to summon ideas out of Boogle and Spookopedia. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that banter, though, between the two of them. They're like, yeah, I know. And, like, the, the, the lycanthropist jokes. Oh, my God. I didn't want to ask who who was uh, the influence for those. It's all Tilly, for sure. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you got something against stinky dogs then, Tilly, huh? <laughs> or lupines? Lycanthropes? No are comment. You, are you anti? She's not commenting. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot legally be forced to implicate myself on this recording. Mm. <laughs> well, we can try. <laughs> <laughs> but so we've got uh, Tim Don Tran here playing Joe. And when I heard his audition, he was just so over the top and just like dripping with fake cheer. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. Just what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And when he's answering his emails, it's like, okay. I have seen some people type real fast, and there are people who memorize macros for everything, and he is one of those people, and he is just shooting out all this information, lickety-split, and he broke his computer's alert sound. (laughs) This is like... (laughs) But this this was a fun one to work on. Is there any any last words you and uh, Tilly and and Susan want to get in here? Um, No. No. <laughs> Thank okay. you. That was it. I, it's a, it's a, you know, it was just a goof, a goof little short based on a one-line joke. So there's not really a deep meaning in there anywhere. <laughs> but I do give Tilly a lot of credit because I was the one who had the idea and came up with the first draft. But she really elevated it into something special. Oh well, thank you. Into art. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, we are now into the second rapper. Yes. Um, personal note. I was really struggling with how to start this one at first. And I was thinking about how um, how much disregard Kay Tellerin has, has shown for people's privacy and, and, and stuff like that. And I was thinking, I was like, if I were a person like that, I would not let people know whether or not I could hear them. Uh, as, as we find out, she did not. And so I, I played with like having her cut out uh, like there, like in, in the first one, there's a point where Thomas tries to mute the the, the 
communications so that he and New can have like a sidebar. And then we find out here it didn't work because of the database connection. And so throughout this whole thing, you never hear Kate Teller and disconnect or start a call. She just starts speaking. Yeah. <laughs> and then stops. And I was like, that, that is really funny. They don't have a sense of uh, privacy in this one. Also, oh, uh, how how did you how did you do the crazy the crazy alien music that, that, that I've ever written, written there in the script? Oh my gosh! The the um yeah the uh, the the uh, hold music that uh, that Catalan plays. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! So I just went on Tune Peddler and found the most horrible sounds I could find. So I've got like <laughs> people dragging things across the strings of pianos. Uh, somebody did like weird alien voices and I put those as singers um, there's somebody like just horribly screeching a bow on a violin like just so many horrible sounds I, I think you mean sound snap tune peddler is just music oh right sound snap sorry that's what I mean yes yeah and it was it was just it was a lot of fun to do and uh, I look forward to putting more alien music in this show <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but here, here we are into the second short, yes. written by Lisa Michaud here, Rolls. Uh, anything you want to drop on us about this first? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I comes out of, first and foremost, the fact that I'm kind of obsessed with Dungeons & Dragons right now. Um, <laughs> I play, In fact, I'm working very hard right now to ignore my other Discord window because I'm actively engaged in combat over there right now. Wow, multitasker. I told them I was going to be away from keyboard for a while. <laughs> I told oh them, I'm, no, I told them I'm not looking. I told them I'm not looking. So they're having all the secret conversations right now where your character's in the other room? No, well, it's not my turn anyway. But, but um, so I... I I, so yes, so actually the opening scene is actually based on an actual fight that uh, happened in the campaign that um, I have going on with my family, where my 17-year-old son is the DM. I'm actually the bard. Oh no! <laughs> and and um, and so I, I stole that scene and I basically changed it a little bit, but that was sort of the start. But then I also wanted to create this parallel thing going on where you switch back and forth between the the players in character and out of character wanted it to be all women because there's this perception that you know a lot of gamers are, are male and, and I love the idea of a of a party that was all women and for a lot of people who play role-playing games it seems like we create our characters as either an exaggeration of, our, of some aspect of ourselves or as something we would want to be. Hmm. So I went with the other, that other second part where each one of these characters is really different in real life than she is in game. So the person who's all smooth and charismatic in game is actually rather abrasive and taciturn and, and you know, in real life. The, the woman who's the fighter who just goes and, and, and you know, get stuff done and does a lot of grunting. I think in the casting notes, I apologized. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but you're going to do a lot of grunting in this role. Oh, yeah. And, and Vicky Hennis, who played Venka, who was the grunter, she sent me a lot of extra, like a, a whole track of just her grunting, and it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> she's the smooth, you know, she's the strong fighter type. She's the one who's afraid to walk across a parking lot at night by herself. Yeah. 
she worries a lot, right? She's very, she's very worried about things. She's not that confident. And the, and the person who in, in game is the murder hobo who just <laughs> loves to fry the bad guys. <laughs> Out of game, she's the one who um, has a hard time saying no and setting boundaries. Yeah, and that, that would be, uh, yeah, that would be the character Zafni played by Elizabeth Johnson. They were also so awesome. And then the, the smooth, <laughs> yeah, the smooth and charismatic but abrasive and taciturn one, that is uh, Astani H playing Martine, who is kind of like the leader of the group here for people listening along. And then we've got Megan Charlo as the DM, who, man, she, she was a great DM. Oh, she was. She really fulfilled what I wrote, which is yeah, she's just so matter of fact and just like, I'm just playing this. This is how the game is played. Deal with it. Like never gets too crazy about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, what I have to say is what I really appreciated from all of these actresses is that they clearly delineated their in real life character and then their game character, but not over the top, not ridiculously like it, it all fit. You know, like you could see these people switching from their game character to their real life personas just like easily as heck. So, yeah, I was really pleased with how they did. They all did a wonderful job on that. They absolutely did. And um, and I, 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 I mean, they made me laugh. I'm listening to it. and I know I wrote those words, but it, I found it hilarious the way they del- delivered it. And I was just it was so exciting to hear that sound. What I was going to say earlier, by the way, is I just love the music that you started it off with. You know, it was just sort of this rocking fight song. <laughs> it's like, it's so yeah, yeah. And it was so funny, too, because, like, the fight is over as soon as it... Because, you know, it's the tail end of it. Yeah, and I was like, well, how am I going to do fight. this? So I was like, yeah, get to the... <laughs> <laughs> and it's done. It's done. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that was very cool. But... Um, when I first wrote the script, I actually sent it to my D&D buddies, and my DM said, how are they going to know when it shifts back and forth? I basically said, hmm. trust the director. <laughs> 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 and you did. I mean, it, I think it's so clear when the shift happens. It is crystal clear the way you, you created the sounds. Yeah, and, and the way I set it up, I learned a lesson putting this one together that'll save me time the next time, is that... Um, what I should have done is had the dialogue for in real life and the dialogue tracks for in game on separate things and then stuck them all together that way. But as it was, I just shifted back and forth between reverbs. And so everything was on the same place and it was it was a headache. But I got through it and it came out pretty well. <laughs> Sorry to have caused you a headache. Oh, no, you didn't cause it. I, I should have thought a little harder before I started. But I just want to say in terms of one of the transitions, the one I had the most fun with was the text message notification one that came up. <laughs> that was a very interesting sound effect. Yeah, I was just trying to think, what is the most inappropriate sound to hear as you're contemplating murdering somebody? And I was like, quack, quack, quack. <laughs> and I found that on SoundSnap. I found this quack sound and I was just like, that is perfect. So perfect. <laughs> yes, because they're in this... this um... Really, yeah, very serious moment where they're trying to decide uh, about whether or not they're going to kill this guy off. Um, you know, after he's already been completely disabled, he's disarmed and everything. Like, they'll kill him in cold blood, and there's the sound effect as he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And, like, um, one thing I, I. Oh, wait, no, I forgot what I was going to say. 
Anyway, moving on. <laughs> One thing I had a lot of fun working on with this, and I knew I got it right when I made myself cry, was the healing spell from Martine in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Because she, uh, Astani H, like, she sent a few different sing, uh, singing versions of, of her doing this spell. And um, the one I actually settled on was the first one. And I was thinking about it. It's like, eh, it'd be kind of lame if I just put that there. So I, I quickly just pulled up a couple of instruments and, and put some stuff underneath it. And it just, like, I knew I nailed it when it made me feel happy and sad at the same time. Because it's like someone's just been critically injured and you want to make them feel better. So you're sad they're hurt, but you're happy they're better now. And then they go and kill them later. But, you know, whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they really cared. They just wanted them alive to question him. But you know. <laughs> Right. And that was the funny, like, the, the funny, um, not counterpoint, but uh, like conundrum there. It's like. Well, they're fixing them to hurt them <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> after they get their information. But, uh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. One thing I really enjoyed about the tenor of this, this story was how supportive each of the women were to each other. Not just in what they said, but also how the game was set up. Like um, how Zafni got a re-roll because she stood up for herself at work. Yeah. And they were all, like, super happy for her. And then, you know, she got an in-game bonus. Uh, from a failed role to a, a successful one. Uh, and I did steal that from real life as well, because a while ago uh, in my campaign with my friends, the DM decided that we would each set a life, like a, a personal goal, and every time we met it, then for a certain period of time after we met it, we could have a free reroll on anything. And um, for me, it's been getting out and getting exercise, because I'm just not really good at keeping up with exercise. And I don't really enjoy it. I love being out on a walk in the woods or something, but in a daily thing, I can't get out hiking and I just have to walk around the neighborhood. But it's been really motivating to know that, oh, if I failed a, you know, failed a self-check, I could re-roll it if I get out and just walk for 45 minutes. So, um, so I just translated that into you know, other things. Like I stole things from you know, real experiences of women in particular, I pull, of course, from my own experiences. Um, you know, my, my previous seminar short was all about developing software. There's obviously references to that in, in this one as well. And it's so stereotypical um, for women in a male-dominated field to end up taking a lot, on a lot of extra work mm. because they're bad at saying no. And I shouldn't say they. I should say we. <laughs> I am really bad at saying no. Yeah. And people will say – will you know, say, okay, well, this person left the company, so why don't you take over their job in addition to what you're already doing? How about extra pay? (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of friends who are currently trying to talk me into having that conversation with my manager, actually, about the fact that I'm currently doing three people's job and I really should be, you know, being more aggressive about that and about saying no and setting boundaries and getting compensated for what I am doing. So I recognize that as a flaw myself. I agree. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. There's a subreddit that I, I, I found a little bit ago called Anti-Work. You should check it out. There's some things that you might find some support there, too. Because like a lot of the people in there are talking about their situations, and they're, a lot of them have the same experience you're having, where their bosses are taking advantage, they're giving them more work than they should, they're not getting compensated for it. 
and they share how they deal with it, and they get advice from other people on how to, to do it as well. So it might be worth a look, even if you don't uh, talk to anybody. Uh, it would probably be a good thing. I, I, my husband once bought me a book on how to have difficult conversations, and I haven't even opened the book. Ah. So... <laughs> Because I don't want to face it. So, but no, I mean, it's, it is, that is something that it's not something that I, I hear from a lot of my friends as well, is that uh, particularly if you're just some, one of those people who happens to be the person in the group who is very organized and gets stuff done, they just keep giving you more to do. Yeah, it's, it's the group work situation in college and, and school and stuff. You know, one person wants the A, everybody else is like, well, they'll do all the work to get the A. And we'll get one, too. <laughs> it's like, thanks, guys. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, yeah, so I couldn't resist, in, you know, that putting in some more of that sort of techno babble about having, you know, having a new release coming out at night and having, you know, whether you're support or tech ops and stuff like that. So I knew that I put a lot of techno babble in my last seminar short, which was all about software. <laughs> I had to put some in here, too. It's my little stamp, I think. No, it's great. I mean, I, I, I didn't even... It didn't even come across as unnatural at all. So I just, at that point that I got to it, I just accepted it. And uh, I, I guess in the back of my mind, I was like, well, that's really well researched. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> ah, but okay. So this this closing, um, one thing that I, that I thought of as um, uh, Venka, her, her in real life character is walking out the door with the DM um, I, I was thinking, like, I'm trying to figure out, like, what sounds are they using to pack up and stuff like that? Because at first I was like, okay, they'll, maybe they'll do it all, the packing up at the table. But then I thought, like, no, they'll meet in the foyer before they all head out the door. And as she walks by, I had her shuffling around in her purse and pulling out keys. Because something my mom has always told me that she, she does, did and does even now is that, you know, if she's walking alone at night, she's always got her keys between her fingers. Yep. Uh, as like a, in, in case somebody tries to start some stuff as a makeshift weapon. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Somebody in that situation would probably do that. Oh, well, you don't have your sword with you, you know? Yeah, her great sword. Keys will have to do. Yeah, yeah the keys yeah. will have to do. Yeah, even if you're not holding them defend yourself, you're holding them so that as soon as you get to your car, you're not distracted and fumbling in your purse looking for them you already have them so you can go right into the car so you're not dropping your guard for a while yeah. all right well that's the end of uh, rolls thank you so much for writing it and including it in this episode it was a lot of fun to work on and uh, i hope the listeners liked it uh but here we are into the final wrapper and Thomas is scanning the atmosphere of the ship, which is something we don't see often in science fiction movies or TV shows. Where you know, into a new environment, you have to, you have to, you have to uh, see, see if you actually live in it. Not just breathe the air, but like if the air is the is the right pressure for you to actually take in air into your lungs and breathe out. Yeah, because if you can't do that, you're dead anyway. Yeah, it's like the Star Trek. It's the Star Trek suspension of disbelief. Like, right. we're landing on a new planet with no spacesuits, and we're fine every time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's M-class. <laughs> M-class planet. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's um, that's something I'm not sure how I'm going to address moving forward, because I want this show to have a lot of aliens in it. And, you know, and these aliens will all 
uh, be from different environments. I don't want. I don't want. I don't. I don't want everyone to just be human with with a with a uh, mask. You know. Mm. Um, so I'm. I. I want to try to explore different aliens, different cultures. How. How these species see 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 reality and other cultures. You know. I'm hoping to get to get into that. Yeah, and one one thing, like I sent you a private note. One thing I'm hoping we get to play with is that alien music. Yeah, because you know, as I was working on things, I thought like, oh, different atmosphere, different atmosphere. Sound reacts differently in different atmospheres. Ooh, yes. that could be fun. That could be. You're right. Yeah. So the next thing that we need is an alien rock concert. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So asteroids falling from the no. Too literal. This is all very nerdy. Nerds! <laughs> yes, oh, nerds yes. are the best, though. Come on, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd. Not at all. This is the woman who wrote a short about playing D&D. &D. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but an alien rock concert with different aliens and all, like, doing a different interpretation of, of, of the sound. And now, mm, that's, that is very interesting. Like, that's something to explore, definitely. See, I got your brain working now. That's, mm. that's my job. That's what I do. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Tilly. <laughs> is the blue that I see the blue that you see? Right. Is the green that I see the green that you see? Right. Ooh. Gonna break some brains in audio fiction. Oh, we're at the end. Look at that. Oh, we're at the end now. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for all of our listeners for sticking around and, and paying attention. And hopefully uh, this was fun for you. And uh, yeah, that is all we have for Seminar 102. Goodbye, V.C. Morrison. Goodbye, the Garen. Goodbye, Tilly and Susan Bridges. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And goodbye, Lisa Michaud. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night, Moon. <laughs> <laughs>